Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dustin and Eric podcast show brought to you by Mimosa Networks. Hi, I'm Dustin. And I'm Eric. Today we have a very special episode. We're going to talk about some of Mimosa's new antenna products coming out. And we have a very special guest with us today, Brian Hinman himself. Hey, gang. Hi, Brian. Great to, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks right. for having me. Uh, so before we start, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, what you do here? Well, I'm your boss. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so founded Mimosa. It's been six and a half years of fun here. And uh, most of the time, I think we've been known as the company that does the great radios. But uh, of late, we've been cranking out a whole bunch of antennas. So... So I know I'm excited to talk about this, and I know you're excited to talk about this. Absolutely. So uh, we'll move right into it. Today's main course is discussing the N545X2 and the N545X4. Beautiful. So um, how did you get interested in antenna design? Well, when I was a small child, I actually built antennas. In fact, like Eric, I used to be a ham radio guy. I'm not active. I haven't been active for 15 years or so, but uh, I used to like ham radio, and uh, in college, I designed antennas, so back at the time, it was all done with pencil and paper, and the reason I liked it was uh, a lot of math involved, but these days, of course, you get supercomputers to do the work, and uh, you can do amazing things with it. I want to see you design this by hand, not by without hand. a computer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an exercise. ESNIC design tool or something. So uh, what do we have here on the table? What are we looking at? Oh, we got lots of stuff. We got bits and pieces of antennas, and we got full antennas. Um, as you pointed out, the, the smaller one of the complete antennas is the X2. This is the two-port design. Um, we're, we run slant 45, so it's plus 45 and minus 45. And then that guy there is essentially um, the X2 twice as long, and we've got uh, four ports, again, uh, plus 45, minus 45. And... Um, that one is made specifically to hook up to our A5C um, access point. Cool. So this one you can use with uh, pretty much any third-party 5 gigahertz access point. Exactly. So the reason we did this guy was for that, so that uh, you could have an upgrade if you're on a third-party uh, radio and you want it, want the world's best sector, that's it. Um, but also for people that want a pattern other than 45 degrees, we've got a flexible way of using two of these. And I know, Eric, you've set up a couple like this, right, where you, you can stack them on top of each other and turn one one yep. way and one the other. Or if you've got room on the tower, you can put them next to each other, side by side, and kind of tilt them out a little bit. Yeah, the initial application was side by side, and it was real easy. Um, I also looked at vertical in the same real estate, going stacking vertical. And the only way I could f find a place to stack them vertical is if I separated them and put the radio, A5C, right in the middle. Yeah. And then I chose just to go side by side. Yep, and another good reason to go side by side for people that are paying <clears throat> paying for the towers is you pay per lineal foot, right? So you're better off putting them side by side than taking up more space vertically. So the cool thing about our antennas is that they all come with their own uh, LMR cables. Uh, they've right. got the little uh, rubber boots on them to, to fit over the plugs, and everything looks real nice. Uh, but if you wanted to do something where you had two antennas stacked on top, top of each other, you would have to go out and use different LMR cables that were longer. Maybe, maybe that. just a little bit longer. I look at the bend radius on, on the existing jumpers and just putting them vertically stacked right on top of each other and running the upper guy's uh, end connector, the jumpers down to the A5C. Um, the bend radius, was, it was a little tight. So that's where I just went side side by side. So, yeah, we, but, we put the cables in yeah. uh, because we really want to put the good stuff in there. Yeah. It's one of the concerns we've had, and we've seen this with other third-party antennas, is you just sell them the antennas, you get a lower price, and then they go out and get their own stuff. If you go on eBay, uh, even on yeah. Amazon sometimes, and you're buying, you think it's good cable, and it's actually just R old RG58, 
and then you're in a really bad spot. That's right. horrible above four or five hundred megahertz. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So uh, getting back here, you said this is the the world's best sector. Is that what you just said? That's can I, right. Can I quote so you on right. that? That's right. We're bringing we're bringing sectors back. That's so, <laughs> what were the technical challenges you were trying to solve when you designed this? Yeah, so it's probably worth a little bit of background. Sectors have been around forever. They've been used in cellular. And, of course, we adopt them in the fixed industry a long, long time ago as well. And the reason that they're long and narrow like that is because you take the cover off the inside of it and you've got a bunch of stacked antenna elements and they're being fed in what's called a corporate feed. And it spans out and connects up all those elements. And by going tall in the vertical direction, what you end up doing is you crunch the elevation beam width. So for an eight or nine element uh, panel like this one, you got an elevation beam width that's about nine degrees, and then you got an azimuth that's about forty-five. So what we're, we got uh, uh, dual feed points here. What did we end up with a gain? So as a result of that, it's really a, it's a factor of uh, you know adjusting your when you look at the amount of elevation and azimuth beam width that you have. We ended up at uh, nineteen dBi gain yeah. for the two port, and then when you beam form it, which what you do with the by four, yeah. then you pick up three dB in beam forming, so you go from nineteen up to twenty-two. So that's, that's what you end up with. So what's our front-to-back ratio on this? Well, the front-to-back ratio, um, first of all, just to describe what that is for folks that don't, don't know, um, the front-to-back ratio is what's your antenna gain in this direction off the panel relative to what's the absolute yeah. antenna gain in the other direction. And this was an important part of the design process. We were trying to get that down as much as we possibly could and uh, surprised ourselves a little bit because the simulations only give you a certain degree of accuracy. Then you get to go out on the range and actually right. measure the thing. And uh, we were kind of blown away. We're, we're at 43 uh, dB front-to-back ratio, which is more than you see in the horns that are out there today. So we were striving to be as good as the horns are in terms of your front-to-side, front-to-back ratio and much higher gain, but in fact, we blew both away. We're, we're substantially higher in gain, and we're also better in front-to-back ratio than the horns. So, f- fantastic uh, in the sector industry. Yeah, completely. So, and, and a lot of the reason, you know, people that are listening to this, a lot of people are very experienced, have been doing this stuff for a while, have uh, adopted the horns for really good reason, which is we don't live in a world that's dominated by KTB noise anymore. We're dealing with interference, and it's that way everywhere, whether you're on a tower and you're interfering with yourself, interfering with other operators, mm-hmm. or on the subscriber side, you've got a whole bunch of 5 gigahertz stuff coming from inside of the house. That's just a matter of fact. And so reducing the side lobes is what drove the, the, the push towards going to horns. And then the other thing, of course, is people are run, running narrower and narrower sectors. That we completely understand. So, but what you give up by that is you're giving up a whole bunch of gain because the, most of the horns that are out there, and there are some that aren't, that are, that are asymmetric, but most of the horns, like this one here, it's a symmetric horn, you know, it looks, it's physically symmetric. And as a result, in the far field, you get a symmetric pattern. And so it's maybe 30 degrees wide this way, but it means you're 30 degrees wide in vertical, which is mm-hmm. way bigger than you want, right? So we've got, you, you may have, if you're like this, you may have noise, you have noise up here, noise here, depending on where you're that set in the real estate on the tower. Exactly. You could be just getting Exactly. And you kind of look at it each way. On the receive side, you're picking up noise from places you don't want it. And on yeah. the transmit side, you're blowing power where you don't want it. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where, you know, we looked at this problem and we said, come on, guys, you've you got to be able to get both. We want the pattern of the sector because that's going to get you your gain you want. You want to focus the uh, energy. Put yep. the energy where yep. you know you want it. And, and, and uh, so, you know, 45 degrees wide in azimuth and plus and minus four and a half degrees or so in elevation is enough to fit all your houses and your, your subscribers within that. You want to do that, but at the same time, you want that great side lobe projection you get from a horn. In fact, since I'm holding the thing up. 
you know, this, these horns, they have um, these, these circular rings on the inside yep, of them. Yep. And those rings are called chokes, choke rings. And yeah. it's like a speed bump, you know. It, it keeps the signal from coming over that edge. And so that's how you end up getting this great side lobe rejection. So in effect, that's what we wanted to do, but do that in something that's more kind of long and narrow. And that's why, that's why these things look the way they do. It's like a little speed bump on the side, which is that, that choke. But again, and again, look at and on that uh, horn. Look at the energy. It's it, yeah, like you said, it's all it, yeah. It's going everywhere, and, and right? It's going everywhere. So you want to you want to do something like that, but you want it to be put the pattern where you want it. Can you explain about the physical uh, design there? On, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a it's a funky looking shape, isn't it? It's yeah. got it's got all kinds of twists and turns to it. So right. um, the antenna uh, PCB is placed down in here, and there's a bunch of antenna elements. There's nine of them that are in there. And then uh, it's it's a kind of like a funnel, like a horn would be, and then the the choke in right. our case is up here on the top, and we start out this design with something that's roughly in the ballpark, like the pencil design that somebody would do. That's your starting point, and right. then we do we do what are called genetic optimizations. So we have a hundred parameters, for example, and you're optimizing those all towards the goal of doing two things. You're trying to maximize your gain. <clears throat> And you're trying to minimize your side loads. Look at your, your Smith charts and uh, whatever else. Your well, your antenna gain. Yeah, your ma yeah. The match, of course, ma matters too. You want the the match to be good, but you want your forward gain to be as high as possible and even as possible over the okay. over your pattern. In this case, 45 degrees. And then once you come off your 45 degrees, you want that thing to drop off nice and smooth and keep on going down. And you want to knock that side levels down as far as possible. And then what you're doing on the computer is you're taking the 100 parameters for all the shapes and yeah. sizes of things, and you just sit there and you turn the knobs a little bit, and you keep running the simulation over and over again until you get the absolutely best conclusion. And so that requires a pretty powerful computer to make that happen. Yep, yep. And then you took it out to the field and said, hey, let's measure this thing. Let's see where it's at, at a meter, at X, 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 X. And that's the validation that you, that you actually got what you think you got. Mm -hmm. So real quick, um, I actually have some screenshots here of somebody who replaced some horn antennas with our N545, and I'd be more than excited to show you those. So uh, this is before. This is with 30-degree horns. And as you can see, uh, the MCS rates, the data rates on these are, are pretty low, uh, along with your, your fire rates. They're, they're not that great either. So uh, a lot of these are four, four to six. You've so only got one at, one client here that's a decent uh, MCS rate. Yeah, you got one that's all the way up at nine, but the rest of them are down fairly low. So if we go to the next slide here, this is after installing the N545X4. So as Double. you can see, the the data rates, the MCS rates there have increased drastically, and the fire rates for each of those customers have uh, pretty much doubled in speed. And this is a comparison. This is two of the X2 panels compared to two horns? Uh, this was uh, a set of horns to an, uh, an X4. Okay. Two horns facing the same direction. Got it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge difference. Definitely. So uh, since we're talking about X2s and X4s, why do we need a two-port and a four-port version, and what's the ideal use case for each? Well, as we were talking about earlier, the, the two-port, you can use that with third-party radios. Um, uh, some people have asked, by the way, could you use the four port and hook up two third-party radios? 
Well, if you run them sync, that would work. If they were not running sync for whatever reason or went out of sync, you'd blow it out of the radio out. So they're just, they're too close to each other. But the X4 is perfect for people that want a 45 degree pattern and they're using uh, our uh, A5C and you want the highest gain that you can get because those things are built together they're co-aligned, it uses up the least space on the tower, mm -hmm. and that's gonna get you the 22 dBi again. So that's the, that's the goal just for that. Just the physical dimensions, just for, for what we've put out there in the field for uh, different uh, you know, third-party uh, sectors, et cetera, uh, it's just slim. You just cut this thing in half or a third as far as the, uh, uh, the width all the way down. It's just like, it's like this instead of like this. Well, and by the way, on, and, on that and, note, and I want to point something out because a lot of panels, people are using these uh, like 16-element uh, panels, and people think, oh, I want to get the highest gain I can get. So if I get one of those 16-element panels or about the size of the X4, I'm going to get up to 20 dBi a gain. The problem with those panels, and those are the two-port ones I'm talking about, the problem with those panels is your elevation beam width is only like two and a half degrees, two, to two degrees, uh, plus and minus. And then you know how that goes. And then you miss your, a lot of your houses. You can't get your subscribers all in that, in that pattern. And you, you take into the electrical down tilt as well, or a mechanical yeah, electrical Yeah, and you can tilt. easily be way off target. And you think you're buying the antenna that's going to give you the high gain, and in fact, you're worse off. So the difference... Uh, between what we have in a same length panel is by having uh, two separate arrays in there with the four ports is our beam width is actually plus and minus four and a half degrees and then you're steering within that so you achieve the same gain you would have with a mm -hmm. 16 element one of the big panels but you do it in a way that you're going to hit every single subscriber because what happens is the radio is going to beam form up and down for each of your subscribers and be able to pick them up so if this is on a water tower what, 160 feet or whatever, or it's on a second floor building, you're, you're good to go almost at a physical, on the, right at the horizon at zero. Yeah, pretty much straight up. you get a, a plus four and a half. Plus, minus, plus and minus four and a half, half is your 3 dB points. So you're, you're good in the field. Exactly. And then as we take this thing up to a, a elevation on a, a mountaintop at 1,800 feet, uh, we're still decent for the clients that it might be down on the ridges down here. Yeah. You're still good. You might might do a little bit of this, yeah. but uh, yeah, you got a, you got a, a two degree down tilt, so you're you're already well off. You're like electrically like this now yeah by the way there's a good reason just to mention since we're on the down tilt thing we put two degree of down tilt in so that means when you're straight yeah. up you're slightly two degrees down one of the reasons why we do this as antenna designers is it makes the back lobe tilted up two degrees your back oh, yeah. lobe so you're oh. getting that little back lobe that sticks back sticking up in the air so that's an advantage of doing it so oh, there's two two reasons one is most of the time it makes sense because you're, you're shooting down a little bit from a high, higher location, but it also gets the back lobe out of the way to, of the clients. So that's a benefit of it. Oh, that's neat. So because these antennas are 45 degrees uh, and they have superior front-to-back ratios and front-to-side ratios, what kind of different deployments can we do with these on towers? Well, uh, so I think one of the key things in the industry, and everybody's trying to do this, is get spectrum reuse. There's, just, there's not enough spectrum, and today... We're at a point where in the industry it's feasible to do what I would call 2x spectrum use by using synchronization. And there are a number of players in the industry, everybody realizes you got to run sync in order to kind of use the same channel again. Mm. So if you run the math on it, you think, you know, if I get a front-to-back ratio of, of 30 dB and I put a panel this way and I put a panel the other way, it should, it should work okay. I should be able to put them on the same mm. channel and have it work. But, you know, you guys know because you've been out there trying to do this as well. Not necessarily true because you got maybe your clients are not perfectly on the pattern. But, you know, more importantly, you got some clients that are nearer in the and some that are further away. And so that's eating into your margin of what looks like, you know, 30 dB is enough front-to-back ratio. What we're found in practice is it's really not. 
And you need to get up to that over 40 dB front to back ratio. And that's what we've been able to achieve. And that lets you, even taking into account the realities of the world where you've got the near far problem, somebody that's slightly off the pattern, if you get 40 dB plus front to back we're, ratio, you can do 2x spectrum reuse and not take a performance we're, hit. We're cleaning up the, the backfield here, the, the energy going, you know, yep. just like for incoming and outgoing or TX and RA. Yeah. So I think it's really important to get up to that kind of level of front-to-back ratio so you can get 2x spectrum reuse. But then also, even for people that aren't running sync and trying to get spectrum reuse, the towers are just getting so crazy noisy. And, and these things are it just knock the noise down. And just point out one of the physical things. We've got the, the speed bumps, as I said, the, the chokes right. along the <clears> side. And this take your side lobes down. One of the other things that we did, and you, you look at all the other panels that are out there, they don't do it. The end caps, first of all, they're yeah. metal. You yep. notice that they're not plastic like everybody else does. If they're plastic, your signal can get in the end, right? Now, okay, you're sort of hurting yourself there because you've got interference coming in the top and the bottom. But then the other thing you'll notice about it is the end caps aren't even straight. They're tilted back by 20 degrees. That's also been optimized in through simulation to try to knock down that the, the side lobes that are coming off the panel. Oh, I see. It's, it's yeah. wedged up. Yeah, a you're, bit. you're tilted back a little bit both ways. Ah, that's the that's reason. Yeah. So uh, real quick here, I want to show the X2 in action when you're using a third-party client or third-party access point and just show you how sleek it looks and we'll just play the video so you can see. Oh. Very clean looking, uh, very low profile. I recognize that radio. Mm-hmm. Elevation, huh? Loop City. That's beautiful. It is. Lots of lots of the panels up there. We'll just say that uh, when this customer swapped uh, the sectors he was using out to these, he saw a sixty percent increase in uh, performance oh. across the board. So, you can use these again, like we talked about with any third-party uh, five gigahertz access point, or with our own. Uh, Almost A5C. I like I like the the labels on the back too. All the all the information. Much of the specifications are right there on that. Yeah, clean for you label. guys that do installs, oh, I you like it. that, right? I it tells that. you like that you need to know your downtime. Oh. If you don't, you don't have yourself set up. We got the frequency range on there. And by the way, I should probably mention that yes. because yeah. it, here in the United yep. States, of course, we operate in uh, up to five eight five, right? But as we've seen in other parts of the world, the people operate on extended frequency ranges. In the United States, for example, we have uh, the 4.9 band. Other parts of the world, a lot of 5.9 and 6.4 that's going on out there. Mm -hmm. These are the only panels that have the kind of frequency range it has. It operates yep. all the way from 4.9 all the way up through 6.4. Awesome. I'm sure those people are going to love that. I oh, know yeah. people are clamoring for 4.9 and 6.4 because it's so much cleaner. But, all right, well... Uh, Eric, tell us a little bit about your installation. I know that you've put twos and fours up. How did that go? Was it real easy? Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah, it was good. I, I got that uh, pair of X2s, put them up, uh, put them in the, the bucket, clipped it off, and uh, installed them. And like I said, I had a little bit of real estate. I was looking at what's there. We had a couple of other antennas there. And so I found the best spot with the uh, existing uh, uh, jumpers to uh, just go side by side. Uh, brackets uh, went on easy. Uh, and uh, and so I just took a couple of millimeter wrenches out there and just twisted it right on, put it right up. So they're super light too. And they're really light. That was the bonus too. Uh, super light, all metal, great. 
Uh, and then the uh, and then this guy, the uh, X4 N N5 45 uh, X4, same same thing. It's the same thing, just a little bit uh, longer. So they use the exact same mounting brackets, yeah. and uh, they're exactly the same spacing. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to uh, uh, go to different tools on it. It was like, oh, this is the, this is the same uh, this is the same wrenches. This is great. <laughs> like you can start out with an right. an X4 or an X2 and swap to the other antenna without having to worry about changing where the mounting brackets are they're exact same yeah. you can just swap one for the other mm -hmm. so it's made super easy we oh appreciate is that, oh that. so that's a good point and so are are these at the same distance right are these the same distance right here yeah it's yeah exactly they are the same exactly the same space oh, let's show the camera so the distance between these this and this and that and that it's the same yeah it, ha it had to be because we use okay. the same bracket and so your your degree markings have to, you have to have the spacing the same for the degree markings to be right. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you have you got a little play there, and you want the uh, the standoff on the main the primary bracket standoff the, the same distance on both. Of, okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Well, okay. uh, we'll go ahead and uh, close down the show here. Uh, super important information here. Really great information. Thank you, Brian, for coming. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate you taking a, a few minutes out of your busy schedule to My come pleasure. in. Pleasure. I love I love antennas. Thank, thanks, Brian. Yeah. So. Uh, Feel free to uh, start picking these up. I believe they're already on their way to distributors now or should be there any time. So uh, they're just waiting for you to put in your order and slap some on a tower because I know you'll love the performance. All right. All right, cool. All right, we'll see you next time on our next uh, podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in. Please hit the subscribe or follow button to stay up to date with our latest podcast which will be available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.